Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Judges chapter 9. If I were to give this one a title, it would just be Game of Thrones, right? If, if you have ever even heard of, I've not watched the show myself, but I have heard that it is full of just changing thrones, intrigue, political stuff. That's this chapter, okay? If you like chaos, you're going to love this chapter because chaos ensues. And what we're going to learn is bad plus bad equals chaos. <laughs> and that's the book of Judges, really. So we're, we're all in a good place. But before we do that, as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're on the road to 1,000. We're going to get there. We're about halfway there. So we need, like, I think if everybody who watches these videos would hit subscribe, which is right below the video on the right, we would get there. So that would be awesome if you could help us with that. Also, if you are listening to this on the podcast, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, I love all of you guys so very much. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review. It really helps us get the word out because, man, we are just unashamedly at this point working hard to build a community of people and just rally around reading God's word. That's also why we try to find a kind of a central rallying point. So no matter how you engage with God's word with us, you can go to, and that is our Facebook group over on, on Facebook at the Bible Breakdown Discussion. And I heard someone just the other day who he had deconstructed his faith. He's no longer a Christian. And one of the things he said that really he thinks sort of leading him down that path was he said, when I was really a committed Christian, I didn't really know the Bible. And I didn't really have a lot of places where I could engage with the Bible. He said, I went to church, but it seemed like we did everything but dig deep into the Bible. And I, and I don't know. I can't speak for the church he went, he went to. And of course, he's someone who's talking about this from a negative point of view. So I really don't know. I do know is we can do something about that. And so that's what we're working to do together. And part of that is just surviving the book of Judges <laughs> together. So if you have your Bibles, you want to get ready with me. We're going to be in Judges chapter 9 of the New Living Translation. This is one of those moments where, you know, the theme verse we're working with is when it says that there was no king in, you know, the, the country at that time. That's why everybody did what was, you know, they thought was right. And we said the overall theme of the book of Judges is don't be stupid, follow God. <laughs> or a nicer way is, hey, man, don't be in the cycle of sin. Don't do life your way. Do life God's way. Because you try to do life any other way, it just doesn't work out. What we're going to see in this chapter is now Gideon has left the scene. His son, Abimelech, is coming on the scene, and it's not working out. And when you don't have God there to move the nation in the right direction, chaos happens. So we're going to read this, take it for what it is, and try to learn from it, and then see what we can do to find our way forward at the end. So if you're ready, Judges chapter 9, verse 1. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, the tiger king of the Old Testament. Here we go. Verse 1. One day, Gideon's son, Abimelech, went to Shechem to visit his uncles, his mother's brothers. He said to them and to the rest of his mother's family, Ask the leading citizens of Shechem whether they want to be ruled by all 70 of Gideon's sons or by one man. And remember that I am your own flesh and blood. 
So Abimelech's uncles gave his message to all the citizens of Shechem on his behalf. And after listening to this proposal, the people of Shechem decided in favor of Abimelech because he was their relative. They gave him 70 silver coins from the temple of Baal Barith, which was used to hire some reckless troublemakers who agreed to follow him. And he went to his father's home in Orphra, and there, one by one, he killed all 70 of his half-brothers, the sons of Gideon. But the youngest brother, Jotham, escaped and hid. Then all the leading citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo called a meeting under the oak tree beside the pillar at Shechem and made Abimelech their king. Wow. Let's just pause for a moment, a brief moment of silence for all 70 of them guys. Now that's, that's a mess, but that's what happens when you do life your way instead of God's way is you have to do dirty things. You have to do horrible things because you don't have God leading you. So you have to do what's necessary in your eyes, right? That's why we need to do life God's way. Verse 7, when Jotham heard about this, he climbed to the top of Mount Gerizim and shouted. So this is the one surviving son, and he is shouting all of this. And you can imagine years later, Samuel's writing all this down, so therefore it must have been passed down over and over again for them to remember so he could write this down, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Here we go. Listen to me, citizens of Shechem. Listen to me if you want God to listen to you. Once upon a time, the trees decided to choose a king. First, they said to the olive tree, be our king. But the olive tree refused, saying, should I quit producing olive oil that blesses both God and people just to wave back and forth over the trees? Then they said to the olive tree, you be our king, but the, uh, the fig tree. But the fig tree refused, saying, should I quit producing my sweet fruit just to wave back and forth over the trees? Then they said to the grapevine, be our king. But the grapevine also refused, saying, should I quit producing wine that cheers both God and people just to wave back and forth over the trees? Then all the trees finally turned to the thorn bush and said, come, you be our king. And the thorn bush replied to the trees, if you truly want me to be your king, come and take shelter in my shade. If not, let fire come out from me and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Jotham continued, Now, make sure that you have acted honorably and in good faith by making Abimelech your king, and that you have done right by Gideon and all of his descendants. Have you treated him with the honor he deserves for all he accomplished? For he fought for you, and he risked his life, and he rescued you from the Midianites. He's talking about Gideon, by the way. But today, you have revolted against my father and his descendants, killing his 70 sons one, um, on one stone. And you have chosen his slave woman's son, Abimelech, to be your king, just because he is your relative. If you have acted honorably and in good faith toward Gideon and his descendants today, then you may find joy in Abimelech, and may he find joy in you. But if you have not acted in good faith, then may fire come out of Abimelech and devour the leading citizens of Shechem and Beth Melo. And may fire come out from the citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo and devour Abimelech. Jotham then escaped and lived in Beir because he was afraid of the brother of his brother Abimelech. So basically what Jotham is saying is, you've made a deal with the devil. You ever heard that phrase before? You've made a bad deal with a bad person because you wanted something. Abimelech's a bad guy and he's done a bad thing. So you get what you pay for. But since you have made a deal with the devil, you're going to have to deal with it. Now, 
if you did the best thing you could for all the right reasons, you have nothing to worry about. But if you did the bad thing for bad reasons, bad's the result. And it's really wise, you know, for him to say this. But, you know, at the same time, you know, time tells, you know, all things. And so he goes and he hides. And now we have verse 22. After Abimelech had ruled over Israel for three years, God sent a spirit that stirred up trouble between Abimelech and the leading citizens of Shechem, and they revolted. God was punishing Abimelech for murdering Gideon's, Gideon's 70 sons and the citizens of Shechem for supporting him in this treachery for murdering his brother. So it turns out that Jotham was correct, right? Verse 25, the citizens of Shechem set an ambush for Abimelech on the hilltops and robbed everyone who passed that way. But someone warned Abimelech about their plot. One day, Gaal, son of Abed, moved to Shechem with his brothers and gained the confidence of the leading citizens of Shechem. During the annual harvest festival at Shechem he held, uh, that was held in the temple of the local god, the wine flowed freely and everyone began cursing Abimelech. Who is this Abimelech? Gaal shouted. He is not the true son of Shechem, so why should we be his servants? He's merely the son of Gideon, and this Zebul is merely his deputy. Serve the true sons of Hamor, the founder of Shechem. Why should we serve Abimelech? If I were in charge here, I would get rid of Abimelech. I would say to him, get some soldiers and come out and fight. Now, pause. Now, first of all, that's one reason why you shouldn't drink. <laughs> because when the wine flows freely, so does the tongue. And that's how you get in trouble. And might I also say... If you're going to talk freely about somebody, maybe you don't talk freely about somebody who killed 69 out of 70 of his brothers. Okay? Trouble's coming. Verse 30. But Zebul, the leader of the city, heard what Gaal was saying and was furious. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he sent messengers to Abimelech and Amuah, telling them, Gaal, son of Abed, and his brothers have come to live in Shechem, and now they are inciting the city to rebel against you. Come by night with an army and hide out in the fields. In the morning, as soon as it is daybreak, attack the city. When Gaal and those who are, who are with him come out against you, you can do with them as you wish. In other words, kill a fool. <laughs> so here they go. So Abimelech and all his men went by night and split into four groups, stationing themselves around Shechem. Gaal was standing at the city gates when Abimelech and his army came out of hiding. When Gaal saw them, he said to Zebul, Look, there are, the people come, there are the people coming down from the hilltops. Zebul replied, Ah, it's just shadows on the hills that look like men. But again, Gaal said, No, people are coming down from the hills. And another group is coming down and the road past the diviner's oak. Then Zebul turned on him and said, Now, where is that big mouth of yours? Wasn't it you that said... Who is this Abimelech, and why should we be his servants? And then you mocked at, at right outside the city. Go out and fight them. Those you mocked are right outside the city. Go out and fight them. So in other words, he said, hey, man, you got a lot of talk. Let's see some action. So here we go, verse 39. So Gaal led the leading citizens of Shechem into battle against Abimelech. But Abimelech chased him, and many of Shechem's men were wounded and fell along the road as they retreated to the city gate. Abimelech turned to Arumah and Zebul and drove Gaal and his brothers out of Shechem. The next day, the people of Shechem went out into the fields to battle. But Shechem, or Abimelech heard about it, and he divided his men into three groups. 
and he set an ambush in the fields. When Abimelech saw the people coming out of the city, he and his men jumped up from their hiding places and attacked them. Abimelech and his group stormed the city gate to keep the men of Shechem from getting back in, while Abimelech's other two groups cut them down in the fields. The battle went on all day before Abimelech finally captured the city. He killed the people, leveled the city, and scattered salt all over the ground. Salt, by the way, would then stop the crops from growing and everything and really just decimate the entire area. Verse 46, when the leading citizens who lived in the tower of Shechem heard what had happened, they ran and hid in the temple of Baal Barith. Someone reported to Abimelech that the citizens had gathered in the temple. So he led his forces to Mount Salmon. He took an axe and chopped down some branches from a tree and put them on his shoulder. Quick, do as I have done, he told his men. So each of them cut down some branches, following Abimelech's example. They piled the branches against the walls of the temple and set them on fire. Oh, no. So all the people who lived in the tower of Shechem died, about a thousand men and women. I'm going to tell you something. Abimelech, he on play. Verse 50. Then Abimelech attacked the town of Thebes, and he captured it. But there was a strong tower inside that town, and all the men and the women, the entire population, fled to it. They barricaded themselves and climbed up on the roof of the tower. Abimelech followed them to attack the tower, but then, as he prepared to set fire to the entrance, a woman on the roof dropped a millstone and landed on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. Come on, sister. This joker needs to be stopped. All right, verse 54. He quickly said to the younger armor bearer, draw your sword and kill me. Don't let it be said, oh Lord, don't let it be said that a woman has killed Abimelech. So the young man ran him through with his sword and he died. When Abimelech's men saw that he was dead, they abandoned and returned to their homes. In that way, God punished Abimelech for the evil he had done against his father by murdering his 70 brothers. God also punished the men of Shechem for all their evil. So the curse of Jotham, the son of Gideon, was fulfilled. So, Game of Thrones, man. Just bad plus bad equals chaos. What can we pull out of this? The reality of it is, is a lot of times we get in bad situations and we just look for relief. You know, we, we don't really care where the relief comes from. We just want it to come from somewhere. And we have to be really careful with that because if we're not careful, we can say, well, you know what? I'm going to fight fire with fire. You did something bad to me, so I'm going to do something bad to you, and it's all going to be okay. Well, here's the thing. Abimelech got what he wanted for a little while, but it cost him his peace, and it cost him his life eventually. And I think we need to remember that sometimes, that when things don't go our way, we have to be careful that, of course, we pray. Of course, we move through every open door we possibly can. We need to make sure, though, we never make a deal with the devil. We never fight fire with fire. Because when you fight fire with fire in the end, just like what happens here, everybody gets burned. It's like the idea of when you have unforgiveness with someone else. Living with bitterness and unforgiveness with somebody else is the, like the idea of trying to hurt somebody else by catching yourself on fire. <laughs> you might hurt them a little bit, but you're going to destroy yourself. So we have to be so careful that we are always letting God fight for us and not us just seek vengeance for ourselves. I have no idea how that might hit you today. Maybe you're in a situation where you know, you've been wronged, you've been hurt, something bad has happened. And it's so very tempting to fight fire with fire. Can I encourage you? Allow the Lord to seek vengeance for you. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And you let him fight for you, 
then all the right things will happen when they need to. And what will happen in the end is that God will do exactly what he needs to do, and he'll add no extra sorrow to your life. Let's pray together today. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that we don't have to live in this kind of chaos like in Judges 9, but because you're with us and you fight for us. And sometimes bad things happen to good people. My prayer, God, is if someone is listening or watching this today and they're going through a bad season, well, that they won't listen to the lie of the enemy that says fight fire with fire, but rather they'll fight fire with water. They'll fight bad things with your goodness. And to realize, God, that you are more than able to do exceedingly and abundantly above everything we could ask or think. We celebrate that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Don't forget, the reason why all this chaos is happening is because Judges 17, 6 says, In those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. So the answer for all of us is, don't do life your way. Do life God's way. It ends up with a whole lot less dead people. (laughs) I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for Judges chapter 10.